Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. Uh, I'm Mike, and I'm here with Ross. Hi, Mike. And Joey. Hey. And Tom. Hey. And I just wanted to pick up on a conversation we were talking about last week. I was talking about the way different teachers perceive things, can perceive the same situation differently. Mm -hmm. And I was giving the example of waiting for a bus, and I had kids about 10 feet away from the road kind of running around playing, and another teacher came in and really sort of was trying to play games with you know very set rules and... We talked about that different perspective, but um, I think, Joe, you were kind of... Well, it's just making me think about part of the perspective might have been related to risk-taking, which is something that we do talk about often on the show, but that it's possible that another teacher's perspective of the risk of car, in you know, a, a car hitting a child might have made the, the buffer around play bigger in her mind than it needed to, to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I was thinking that because I'm thinking, I think this is something that I, that I've experienced where it's sort of like... Oh, well, that's a, we could get hit by a car yeah. and then that changes where I might set right. a limit yeah. because the risk in my mind is 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 so big. Or the limit or maybe like or the, the, the impact of that risk is so big, I guess. Yeah. But maybe the with the language that's the control that you as the adult you feel you need to have. Yes. So it's right. limit setting, but it's also like I need control of all of these people in this right. 20 right. square foot space right. because Because this other variable feels so big to me. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, so maybe I can give my perspective in it because that probably mm -hmm. is part of what her perspective was. So from mm -hmm. my perspective, I stood on the side between the kids and the road. Right. And it was far enough away that even if a child, say, got shoved purposely or accidentally, even if they fell, they're still another five feet at least away from right. the road. And the example you're talking about is we talk about first graders. I, I work yes. mostly with three and right. four year olds. Yeah. Who understand cars, but maybe don't understand exactly where they're always going to be. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think that was definitely, so it's definitely in my equation too, but you're, I think you're right that the way I viewed that was probably different than the way she viewed. So, you know. But yeah. I mean, what Ross was saying too, it's like some that need for, that. yeah, it's the feeling of needing control increases when you feel like there's a risk. But Tom, you were going to say. Yeah. Uh, it's like, who who knows, who knows? Maybe a car is gonna go off the road anyway and hit the kid. I mean, you can go. You can go. Oh yeah. You can right. Keep, if you, you start can keep going and going and going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how much control can you really have? And that car's gonna be driven by a bear with bees in its mouth. It's gonna shoot bees when he eat the children. Yeah. I mean, you can go down, 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 further and further. Right. And you know, and, and that it's all a perspective kind of thing. And. It's true. Adults have to own their their own either anxiety or right. perspective, but hopefully, hopefully they they're able to move a little bit and trust the kids a little bit more. My my first reaction when you first told that story is the kids aren't going to go out in the street. They know right. the street. Yeah. Even though it's busy. I mean, if you were so worried about it, why don't you just stay in the school? I mean, right. Right. Why yes. even go out in the world because there's just so much right. danger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going a little... Oh, yeah. no, no. And I think there was several, several weeks ago you had the episode about the dangers in the room, right? Because we decided that we would just have <laughs> yeah. individual closets. Yeah, we can't do that either, child. Tom. You've ruined it all <laughs> yeah. for us. <laughs> but I think I think what that comes, kind of maybe a thread through that, is that there's the worry of somebody getting hurt and then having, you know, whether there's actual legal ramifications from families or that there's that concern of you were negligent, you you let right. my child get hurt. And I think, again, it's it goes back to another topic we've talked about a number of times, is that trust. And if a family knows, the program knows the teachers, you know the families as the 
the teacher. And you know the kids. And you know the children. Right. That then you know we've got this little 10 by 20 foot space of grass behind the bus stop. All right, I'll take, you know, whoever wants right. to. We can come over here. We're only All we have is the not even the, the glassed-in shelter. We just have a bench on a major street right. where there's nowhere else to play. Yep, we're going to need those games of sit down, let's play I Spy, or can we do, right. you know, a statue right. game or something like yeah. that. But again, it's it comes down to that trust that the families know, that you're competent and capable, the children know, you yourself know. And there's a trot. There's that kind of spider web. You talked about several weeks ago, but that's the most important thing: is building the trust with the families. Mm -hmm. So then, when these things, when you do these things, it's like we are going to let them experience these things. And occasionally, there might be bumps and bruises. Well, I think to go back to your original example too, Mike, you also understand rough play, and that you understand that rough play isn't out of control play it's it's right. it's boisterous with the, what you've described yeah. these kids doing is boisterous cons, you know consensual i shove you you shove me right, i'm not right. randomly running around and just pushing people down is that the barney song i'm trying to remember yeah that's your version <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know so again just going back to perspective if if you're a teacher who doesn't under doesn't yeah. understand rough play hasn't participated in it hasn't watched it long enough it looks reads out it of con- as it looks out of control and reads right. it as someone trying to hurt somebody else. Yeah, right. or just wow, they've just lost their minds right. and they're just mm-hmm. running around right. kind of willy nilly. Yeah, um, you know that. So I think that also understanding, mm-hmm. you know, that if someone yeah. has other experience with it, that's going to look right wild. Yeah, you know. And I think that maybe that is part of the perspective of getting being able to view that more often. Of like, well, let's watch this a little bit. Yeah. Are they smiling while they're doing this? Are they, you know, I'd love to, if we had videotaped it and then go back and watch it with the other person. Right. So are they smiling right now? Right. Are they, when someone says, ow, do they stop? And, you know. And I'm kind of seeing like in levels to some degree, but if someone who's not really kind of recognizing the, the importance or comfortable with that rougher, more freeform play, this would be another, I guess, point to push that. That's why movement in general is going to be important. So having opportunities to do more, maybe more structured yoga practices or kind of things, but but letting children move and dance and make their bodies big, make their bodies small, make their bodies into different shapes mm-hmm. at large group. So later on, when you're at the bus stop, you're like, oh no, okay, you're like you you've had exposure in those safer ways, right? To to understand, oh, this movement really is not just to blood off steam, right? This is learning. This is development. This is necessary for children. But I'm going to throw in the Beth Boss like view of this, right? right? Um, And is that because too often right now, I think in our field, we look at movement as a way to teach math concepts, to teach spatial relations and all this. But it's like it's also to learn how to move your body. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, just like singing a song shouldn't just be singing songs to learn the alphabet. It should also be like. To learn the pleasure of singing a yeah, song. because music feels good. Yeah, and so movement feels good, and right. that's the main thing where kids, movement feels good, and I can do it without hurting others. Right. And I might even be able to have fun with others, yeah. you know. And become more confident in myself yeah. and what I can do, and then that translating to other areas. You're going deep. We're going, we're going, this is, <laughs> hey, we're going to go all the way. <laughs> but I think that's, it, it shows, again, that there's, why... We have to advocate so much for movement when it is literally and figuratively at the core of us. Right. You know, that we know it feels good, but also it's a, it's a need. Right. Even for children that are not very, very mobile, 
Right. There's a there's a interaction that comes with movement that there's this drive inside right. that we all have right. to communicate, to move, to participate. Right. And it's not happening in a sedentary, you know, expressionless situation. Yeah. And the teacher you were with, at least her uh, response was, I have a different game we can play. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. But I could see going back to like, there's probably a third perspective who that person wasn't there with you who might have scolded those kids. Right. And, you know, and oh, that's that's bad and you have to stop. And right. and they're just doing exactly what yeah. kids that they age They probably are. wouldn't have used the word bad, but what they would say is, let's be nice. Right. Which implies bad. Right. right. It implies you're not being nice yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I can see another scenario where yeah, somebody would have, would have, you know, yep. stopped it and intentionally or unintentionally there would have been sort of like a, a shame for it comes Being naturally a to a yeah. first grader yeah right. and frankly the kids who naturally do that are the ones who are going to get shamed the most like they're going to feel bad about themselves i i'll do one really quick story because i always have stories i where i work also has a occupational therapy wing and the ot's did a class offered a class this summer called rough and tumble play oh. and so it's a class where the kids just come and play rough and tumble and when they started the parents came and met with me and I just asked them what does rough and tumble mean to you and of course all of these parents are the ones who they're the they have the kids who get in trouble in school or get told they're being wrong or not nice and they were just talking about how they see how much it means to these kids and they do get misunderstood at school and they do you know get labeled and shamed and so there is that that danger that we have to be careful of that the kids who are going to get that message the most are mm-hmm. the ones who awesome. don't fit into the predictable movement patterns, I guess <laughs> is the way you put it last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So with that note, I guess I'm just, it's a call out for people to, you know, even when you're not the one who's comfortable with it, but finding ways, if it is through games, knowing that some kids just aren't going to play the game and that's fine. Or learn to get more comfortable with the sort of more, mm-hmm. what, chaotic looking, unpredictable movement. Self-directed. Free. Self-directed. Thank you. That's Free a good form. Wild. Free form. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever um, adjective feels the best. But, but please, uh, the scolding part, telling kids to be nice or whatever words play you nice. use. Play nice. We want them to be kids and find safe ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the word nice, it shouldn't describe, it should describe every single mm-hmm. um, regard that, that being nice might be tackling a friend who wants to be tackled mm-hmm. or throwing a ball at them really hard if they want that to happen. Right. Or for the kid who doesn't, to not do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But to not put our own idea of what nice is on a child. Mm-hmm. And that when it does happen, when those, you know, misunderstandings take place, that you, we as the adults can recognize that, oh, yep, you were maybe thinking they wanted to be tackled, but I can tell they didn't. So, right. Next time, what are you going to do? Yeah. Helping them internalize it and go, oh, okay, how can I So they're not feeling this? bad about the initial impulse. What, right. they're, what they can work on is the, the right. effect they're having on another person, right? right? That um, for, At the risk of going into another <laughs> part <laughs> <so> of <laughs> um, I should say thank you to all, to all of you for the conversation, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah, thanks for the question. Thanks, Mike. Why didn't you have the teacher roll up a bunch of socks so the kids could throw them at the cars? Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. <laughs>